Thank you for joining us for Breakthrough with Pastor Jason Stanford. Breakthrough is a place where you can find community, encounter Jesus, and discover purpose. Please take a moment to like and subscribe so you don't miss a single message. Let's go straight into the service recorded at Breakthrough Church in Cookville, Tennessee. Enjoy. Hallelujah. Turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. Glory to God. Luke chapter 22 here. This morning I want to talk to you about breathing room. Breathing room. That's the title of the message. Breathing room. Boy, have I said those words before. Not just once, not just twice, but they have left my lips many a time. There have been moments and seasons in my life when I felt I was just overwhelmed. And I've said these words I just want room to breathe. I've, I've said that, I mean, a number of times. And maybe you in your life uh, have said that. I imagine I'm not the only one that has said that. I just, man, I just wish I had a little breathing room. I just wish I could decompress. I just wish I just had time just to think again and rest again and Breathe again, have some kind of margin in my thought life and just not being overwhelmed and overdone. And Lord, I just ask you for this. And I mean, you know, and just, I just wish the unrelenting nature of the circumstances would just give way and give way and I could just be focused and I could just relax. Anybody besides me ever said that? I imagine somebody. What I want to talk to you today about what we need to do in the, in the midst. What, what should we do when we need breathing room from the things that happen in our life? Because circumstances can pile up, you know? I mean, man, we, I mean, man, life and the things of life can just cause our lives to experience one big old traffic jam. I mean, there's a pile up on I-95 to our lives. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it is just bad, you know? And here we are. It's a, it, it is just, we need help. And Lord, everywhere I look, I'm just hemmed in. I can't go this direction. I can't go that direction. I can't move over here. I'm just locked in. I got a car in front of me. I got a car beside me. I got a car behind me. I got a car. I can't move anywhere, you know? And sometimes life can feel like that. If it's not one thing, it's another. It's one issue. It's a financial thing. It's a health thing. It's a relationship thing. It's a work thing. It's a school thing. It's, it's this. It's that. It's so on and so forth. And we feel overwhelmed by life. What should we do in these moments? Luke chapter 22, verse number 39 through 46. This is the picture of Jesus praying in the, the garden as he was preparing to give his life for us. And it says, and he, this is Jesus, came out and proceeded as was his custom to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples also followed him. And when he arrived at that place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw. And he knelt down and began to pray, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Verse 43, now an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. And being in agony, he was praying very fervently, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down, falling down upon the ground. 
When he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping from sorrow. And said to them, why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not enter in to temptation. What do we need to do when we need breathing room? Firstly, this truth we should recall. And that is this. Let your intensity for God match the intensity of your circumstance. Let the, let the intensity, let, let our intensity, my intensity, your intensity for God match the intensity of your circumstance. Here is Jesus, and he is overwhelmed by the circumstance. I mean, the Bible says he is in agony. This isn't some small matter to him. It isn't a small thing to him. He understands the weight of what the plan and purpose of his heavenly Father is for him. He understands the weight and the, of the mission of why he's been sent to this earth. He gets it. He grasps it. He, he sees it. He knows it. And here he is in this place. We understand the weight of it because he's saying, Lord, if there's any way I can get out of this. Now, he's not saying just to get out of it, to get out of it. He's saying if there's a way to accomplish your will, to accomplish what needs to happen, apart from me having to do it this way, then, Lord, let this cut pass. So certainly you could understand he wasn't exactly in the natural looking forward to this. He's got relationships and he loves people and he's developed these people. And here it is. I mean, would you want to if there's some other way to do it? Oh, absolutely. You know, glory be to God. I mean, you know, can I, can I just do it this way, this nice and simple, easy way? Or I, I got to do it in a much harder, aggressive, grueling nature. So Jesus knows the temptation of that in the natural. That's why he's been touched with our infirmities, it says in Hebrews. He understands the weight and the pressure of circumstances. But he didn't bend or break underneath the weight of those circumstances. And you know why? Because he let the intensity for his father match the intensity of his circumstances. Here he is in the garden, and the Bible says he's in agony or anguish. He's dealing with this. So much so that Luke characterizes it by saying, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down upon the ground. The weight of this. You ever woke up in the middle of the night sweating? Hot sweat because your mind is racing. You're in, you're in worry. You're in fear about this. You're not, you're not sure about this. I have before. Here he is, he feels the weight and pressure of this. He's in agony. But what does the Bible say there in verse 44? And being in agony, he threw his hands up and just said, Oh well, such is life. And being in agony, there's no way out of this. There's no help for me in this. No, no, no. And being in agony, he was praying very fervently. Some translations say it like this. In his anguish, he prayed more earnestly. Uh, the worldwide English says it like this. His heart was troubled very much, so he talked with God more than before. That's critical. Philip's translation says it like this. He was in agony and prayed even more intensely. What was he doing? He was allowing his pursuit of God the intensity of his pursuit for God to match the weight and intensity of his circumstances. And so many, so many times in our life, 
We, we, we want to, we, if, I could, if, I could, if I could address it with, with weights, right, free weights and weightlifting, well, there's a hundred pound weight crashing down upon our lives. But we, but we want to pray, we want to pray, we want to fight back and pray with a five pound weight. Friends, that ain't going to work. That, that, we're not going anywhere. Friends, we need to ramp up the, the, the intensity. When the weight of circumstances come, this is the moment to pursue God like never before. This is the time to press into God like never before. This is the time to move into Him and His presence and His glory like never before, into His Word like never before. Let the, listen, if you're going through things in your life and you're like, I could just need, I need some breathing room, friends, in that moment, how you get breathing room is not to sit there and dwell in your misery and why you need breathing room and to keep on rehashing how you got to where you got and the, the feeling of all the circumstances. This is a moment where you direct your thoughts and your prayers and your words and your heart to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Amen. Let the fervency and intensity, the earnestness of our pursuit for God match the level of our circumstances. Now, I'm not saying if things are going well, you... Well, I don't have to pray that much. No, that's not, that's, that's not, that's not, the reverse of this is not true. The example here is Jesus is underweight. And when he was underweight, he prayed and talked to God all the more. He says, I'm pushing in. I'm pushing in past whatever fear, whatever agony, whatever dread, whatever desire that I don't like. I'm pushing in to pursue God. The disciples here were in sorrow. We understand the moment. We'll come back to that in a moment. We see here in Psalms, well, let me just say this. The disciples were in sorrow, but they weren't praying, were they? No. But Jesus was in agony. He was in sorrow, yet he was praying. Jesus prayed despite the pressure of his circumstances. Why the disciples didn't. And because that he received something they didn't, but we'll get to that in a few moments. The fourth Psalm, verse number one, the psalmist also dealt with these things. He said, answer me when I call, O God, of my righteousness. You have relieved me in my distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. He says, you have relieved me or made room for me in my distress. The word distress there would mean to, to box in or close in, to compress, to feel trapped, to be hemmed in. The New English translation says like this, Though I am hemmed in, you will lead me into a wide open place. The young literal says, In adversity thou gavest enlargement to me. I mean, when you need breathing room, that's what you want, right? You want stuff to be off of you so you can think and, and, and you can breathe and, and you can be at rest and you just want to be able to relax mentally and emotionally. And here, this is what the psalmist is saying. There have been times in my life where life has crashed in beyond me. But you have always relieved me. You've always come through for me. You've always brought me into a large open place where I used to be trapped and confined. And now I'm let free and I can go everywhere. We used to come home and um, the dog uh, might be in the, the pen or her you know, cage or thing, whatever. Not always, but, but sometimes or whatever. And so anyway... Um, so we'd put her in there and you get home and somebody might have, you know, last person through might have had the, the basement garage door open, the basement door open going in the garage. And you let that, you let her out of that, out of that cage. 
She didn't just come by and just sit down and go back in. No, son, you let her in, you better be not in her way. She about to take out your ACL, all right? She's going to take out your knee because she's going, boom, she's headed out. And, buddy, she'd run in that garage, do a U-turn around the cars, jump out into the, uh, if the garage door was open, buddy, she'd jump out outside, and there she goes, man. And she knew freedom's here. And I'm faster than they're faster, so I'm going to go visit the neighbors, even though she's not supposed to go down there and visit the neighbors. She's not supposed to go over there. But she couldn't help herself, you know what I'm saying? And boom, she's gone, you know. Why? She'd been trapped in and hemmed in for a little bit of time, and all of a sudden now I want to run free. I want to go wide open. I'm unrestrained. I don't have any cares in the world. This is, this is my life right here. That's the way she'd be. And sometimes for us, that's what the psalmist is saying right here. I've been caged in, trapped in, hemmed in by all these problems on all my sides and I couldn't seem to go through. But glory to God, you opened the door for me. I walked in. You set the prisoner free and brought me into a wide open place. Glory to God. Where there were no boundaries and no borders that I could see. I was free. Glory be to God. And this is what the psalmist is saying. And so he comes to God again and says... You have relieved me. A couple ways that this could be grammatically in the scripture. He's recounting or calling past situations that God has moved in his life. But also that he's expressing confidence in the future, his future state. In other words, now I'm coming because this is a prayer of trust because he's going through some things. And he's saying, Lord, I'm hemmed in again, but you've relieved me. I know that you're bringing me in to a wide open place. You're giving me breathing room. And he's thanking God on the front end, saying, Lord, I know you hear me in my distress. I know that you hear me when I call and I'm stepping in, glory to God. I know that wide open spaces belong to me. What's he saying, friends? He's saying this. Right now he might be bombarded mentally by the circumstances, by the weight of it, by what's going wrong and what's happening and, and your, in your future. You still see it, if you're not careful, that same way. But all of a sudden when you realize that God is beginning to work in your life and he's going to bring you into a wide open space, then all of a sudden when you look into your future, you will see, I'm not trapped and hemmed in anymore. I'm going to be free, glory to God. So all these things that are peppering me right now, I envision a moment, you know what, I'm going to be able to relax. And these things are not even going to be a care to me anymore. They're not even coming upon me anymore because he's brought me into a free place. The 63rd Psalm. The 63rd Psalm, verse number one. It says this, O God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. Now, that word literally means early. It was literally a Hebrew word to describe an early pursuit or um, uh, to seek early is literally what that word means. Oh, and some translations will say that. Oh, God, you are my God. I shall seek you early. Or early will I seek you, I think the way the King James puts it. Early will I seek you. So here the psalmist is saying that he seeks God early. Isn't that right? Well... The fourth psalm we just read a minute ago, how he's crying out to God. If you look at the heading of that psalm, not all translations will put such things, but some will, some won't. But it was a prayer of trust for God and for deliverance. But there's also a connotation with the fourth psalm is this. It denotes this. It was an evening prayer. It was an evening prayer. Here we have the psalmist saying, early will I seek thee. 
And here we have another cry out to God, and it's an evening prayer trust. What am I saying? I'm saying we need to learn to be like David and bookend our days with prayer. When you want breathing room in your life, learn to book in your days with prayer. Don't just be satisfied. Listen, with a, with a morning pursuit or with a nightly pursuit. Uh, be satisfied. Book in your days with prayer. Check in in the middle of the afternoon. Do it again at night before you go to bed. What am I saying? Just You're calling upon God. You are, you are orientating your life and your thoughts and your words upon Him. You're placing your heart on Him once again. You're taking it off of whatever the circumstance is, the, the problem, whatever the pressure is and putting it on God. Why? Because he is the lifter up of our heads. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 22. So we need to learn to book into our days in prayer. Luke chapter 22. We find Jesus there again, our main text today. He was praying. It says the end of verse 41, he began to pray and he said, Father, in verse 42, if you're willing, remove this cup from me and yet not my will. But yours be done. Now notice verse 43. Now an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. What to do in breathing room. What to expect when you need breathing room. Let, let the intensity for God match the intensity of your circumstance. Why is that important? Because of this truth. God will meet you in the circumstance when you will meet with him despite your circumstance. God will meet you in your circumstance when you meet with Him and you meet Him despite your circumstance. I guess I should have said meet with Him. Here Jesus is praying. There's agony. We've already seen that. The disciples were in sorrow. Isn't that right? We saw that. But they weren't praying. Isn't that right? Yeah. What happened for Jesus? God sent an angel to minister to him and to strengthen him. In the midst of his agony, as he prayed more fervently and more earnestly, yet God answered him and sent an angel, a divine messenger, divine infusion to strengthen him in that situation. Glory be to God. What happened? God met him in his circumstance because he chose to meet with God despite his circumstance. He didn't run away from God in the midst of the circumstance. He didn't go bury his troubles in something else. You know what happens? We get overwhelmed with our circumstances. If we're not careful, we'll go bury our troubles in other things we shouldn't bury them in. In a person, in a situation, in certain habits, in certain vices, in certain things. And all of a sudden you're reaching out to cope in ways you shouldn't. That the enemy wants you to do these things. No, friends, when those things get overwhelmed, don't turn to those things. Go put yourself in the Lord. Hallelujah. Go bury yourself in Him, so to speak. And Jesus, they, they went off, and the Bible says that they, they were in sorrow, and they were sleeping. They literally cried themselves to sleep. The word sorrow means they were exhausted from grief, exhausted from sadness. Exhausted from heaviness. And they, what they do? Just let it overrun them and overcome them and overtake them. And listen, they're out. Yet Jesus says, no. How many know it was heavier on him than it was on them? They're not going to have to do it. Yeah, it's going to hurt them because they love him. And, and it's severing things in, in, in their minds and, and, and what things were happening in the natural. But he's the one that's going to be actually on the cross and feel and experience the physical torture. 
Yet what did he do? He chose to meet with God despite the circumstances he was going through, despite the pressure. Why is that important? Because when you do, God will meet you in your need. He brought an angel to strengthen him. And despite all the circumstances you might be facing, God can strengthen you and you can walk right on through. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I remember reading this story that Pastor Robert Morris was conveyed about a moment in his life where I guess this was earlier on in his ministry and he was serving at another church and now he pastors Gateway Church in Dallas, Texas area. But at this point in time he was serving at another church. And he had been really dealing with some things. And a man, just pressure and circumstances and, I mean, just overwhelmed by the nature of it. I mean, he was just exhausted. And that day, he, they were singing and to worship to God. And he's in the middle of the church service. And he prayed and just said, God, I just, I'm, I'm putting my attention on you and my heart, my focus to you. And I just, but I need you. And, and he's just, he's crying out to God. And he said in the moment... He says, I, I had this, this vision, and I was with God. And, and I, I had just come back. I was dressed. He said, I saw myself with him, and I was dressed like a Roman soldier. And I just come back from battle. I was bleeding, and I was cut up, and scarred all over, and worn out, and ragged, and everything. I mean, I was just, whew. you could see this is a picture of where he was at. And I heard God called him. I heard the Father called to me. Son, come to me. And I went to him. And all of a sudden, I changed it. And I, I, I got up in his lap. He said, I got up in his lap, and I was like a child. And I just sit there. And I was with him. And he began to talk to me, and he said some different things to him or whatever. And, you know, affirmed him and loved on him and, and so on and so forth. Just said some things to him. And he says, at the end of that thing, I had these scars and they were still on me. But as he ministered to me, as I was in his presence, all of a sudden I began to see the scars just begin to diminish and go away one by one. And he says, he says then, I, then I became like that soldier again. And all of a sudden I had my gear back up and I was armored back up again. But this time I wasn't raggedy and broken down and, 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 and frail looking and like I'd been through war and, and bleeding anywhere. No, I was made whole. And all of a sudden I was equipped again. And all of a sudden the Lord said, now you go. Go forth in strength. And he strengthened me. And all of a sudden, boom, I came right back. And he said, this all happened in the span of a song. Now it seemed like much longer than that, I'm sure, because eternity is not measured by... Seconds and minutes here, you know. There it can seem like a long time, you know. And here it's no time. And so, and, or, or seem like it's, we're being with him, you know, a long time. And, and passage of time, they're not equated. That's what I'm trying to say. And he says, I came back, I came back from that when this middle of singing right there. And all of a sudden, he's, I was strengthened. It didn't matter all the pressure, all the circumstances, everything overwhelming me. Glory to God. I was strong. I was ready. I was equipped. Friends, I want to tell you, God wants to do the same thing for every one of us. I was reminded of this. I, I read that a long time ago. And I, and I was reminded of that. 
when I was thinking through this, that God will meet you when you meet with Him. And here, despite all the pressures, that morning, He wasn't wailing out and crying out to God and where were you and all this. He was saying, Lord, I put my heart on you and I'm looking to you. He is our source. Glory to God. Isaiah chapter 61. Oh, thank you, Lord. Isaiah chapter 61. What do we need to do when we need breathing room? Notice Isaiah 61. This is speaking of the Master and that the Spirit of the Lord will be upon him there in verse 1. Because he has anointed me and he's going to come forth and do these things. Bring good news to the afflicted. Sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Proclaim liberty to the captives. Freedom to the prisoners. Praise the Lord. Verse number 3 though. Notice something else that he came to do. To grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. So they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. What does he come? What does he grant? What does he give? What does he offer? Notice this, the mantle or the garment of praise instead of a spirit of fainting, it says there in verse 3. Instead of a spirit of fainting. That means a, a spirit that is broken down. A spirit of weakness. A spirit that is broken down because of the situation. A spirit of heaviness, some translations will say. How many know in times we get to circumstances they become heavy on us? And they break us down and they weigh on us. And he's saying, I've come to give you something instead of a spirit that's broken down. How do you get? Listen, if you feel right now, then your spirit, you're just broken down. <laughs> you just feel broken. You're broken down. You're worn out. You're exhausted. You're frustrated. You're at the end. You're at the end of the rope and you're hanging on and, and all the. What do you do? Listen, he came to give you something. He has given you something. It's called the mantle of praise. It's called the garment of praise. Hallelujah. But you and I have got to choose to put it on. Glory to God, we got to choose to put it on, hallelujah, and to begin to give Him praise. The word praise there means laudation, which has the indication that you're singling one out. You're singling one. You're, you're picking one out to speak well of and to bless. It's like you were in school and someone picked you out of the class, teacher, and said, they did good work here. They did this. or They, they begin to praise you for some effort or what you've done. They've singled you out. When you and I praise God, we are singling Him out. Lord, I praise you. Hallelujah. I'm not praising this person, what they did for me, or, or it went this way, or you know, the, the stars aligned for me. No, 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 Lord. I'm singling you out right now. This good thing that happened to me, that's because of you, Lord. I recognize that. I'm picking you out of everything else going on in my life. You're the reason, hallelujah. You've come through for me here. You've ministered to me. You've helped me. What are you doing? You're praising him. Hallelujah. You're picking him out and saying, I just want to talk about you. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. That is how you move from a spirit that is broken down and fainting and exhausted and wore out to one that is strong and strengthened and quickened, glory to God, and moving forward. That's how you move from a gloomy mindset to a glorious mindset. The mantle of praise, the garment of praise. Hallelujah. I want to tie this in with something that Jesus said. Oh, glory to God. 
Thank you, Lord. Andy, you can go ahead and come if you would. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 22. I'm going to finish this right here. Verse 45 through 46. Remember, Jesus is in agony and he's fervently serving, you know, praying, focusing the Lord. Verse 45, when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping from sorrow and said to them, why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not enter in to temptation. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Let me just say this. You can write it if you're taking notes. And then I want to expound on it for just a moment. And then we're going to practice it. We're going to practice it. And I'm telling you, we'll leave this place. I believe there's not going to be one more gloomy mindset around us. Oh, hallelujah. Glory. You might have to be careful because you're not even going to see red light going home. I mean, man, glory to God. The world's going to be yours. Here he is. Well, let me say this. Choose to get up. Lastly, you need breathing room. Oh, friends, there is so much power. I believe in this right here. Choose to get up when the circumstances are trying to get you down. Now, I want, I want to set this setting here for the moment. Choose to get up when the circumstances are trying to get you down. They're in this moment together. Here's the setting of this garden, the setting of this prayer time together. He has already told them what? To pray. Pray so you'll enter into temptation. Pray. Pray. Seek God. Seek God. Yet, He does, and the Lord helps them. But they don't. So He comes. He rises from bread. He comes to them. And you know, the Bible says that they were sleeping. I never realized that before. I always knew they slept, but I never saw that before. They were sleeping from sorrow. They weren't sleeping because it was too late in the day. They weren't sleeping because they missed a few cups of coffee that day. They weren't sleeping because they forgot the caffeine boost that night. No, they were sleeping from sorrow. They were sleeping because they were exhausted with grief. They were exhausted with sadness. They were exhausted with heaviness. And that is why they had succumbed to the circumstance. They had succumbed to the pressure. And you know Jesus rolls into this situation. And you know what he says? Boys, I'm so sorry. I know it's hard and I, I feel bad... Here, go back to bed. I just want to cover you up and tuck you in a little bit. Snooze you in real good. I know it's been a hard day. Bless your heart. We like to say it, but Jesus never said it. You know what he said this day? They're exhausted because they've been worn out and they've been... Uh, listen, if he said that to us, why are you sleeping? We call our best friend and say, you won't know what so-and-so said to me. Do they know what I've been going through? I mean, I got this thing and that thing and this thing, and they just come and say, Oh, why are you? Why are you? Why is it such a big deal to you? Oh, we'd be so, we'd be fit to be tired, man. But Jesus walks in and he says, Why are you sleeping? Why are you allowing yourself to be exhausted with the sadness, exhausted with the pressure of the circumstance? He said to them, Get up. Get up. He didn't say, won't you lay there a little while? Oh, here, here, here. You just start, let me get the snooze button for you. In fact, I'm going to turn it off for you. Just stay there till your heart's content. No. He walked in there and said, get up. 
Don't sit there in your grief. Don't sit there in your sadness. Don't sit there and wallow in your pity. Don't sit there and succumb to the pressure of the circumstances. He said to them, get up. Oh, friends, I'm going to tell you today. Oh, hallelujah. It's time to get up. If you want breathing room in your life, you got to make breathing room in your life. You know how you do that? You get up, hallelujah, and you put on the garment of praise. You begin to pursue God, and you don't allow the pressure, the circumstances to succumb to you. You get up. Friends, I want to invite you this morning. We're going to praise the Lord. We're going to sing a song to Him. Oh, glory to God. I guess we're singing beautiful names. Is that what we're singing? Amen. Whatever you're singing, I don't know. Things change from the list, and that's okay. I like it like that. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for joining us for today's message. Please take a moment to like, rate, and subscribe. This helps us reach more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and ensures you will never miss a message. For more information on Breakthrough Church, please check us out on Facebook or email us at info at findbreakthrough.com. Breakthrough is located at 480 Old Kentucky Road in Cookville, Tennessee, and we would love for you to join us in person. Services are at 8.30 and 10.30 on Sunday mornings and 6.30 Wednesday nights. We offer ministry for all ages and look forward to seeing you soon.